welcome to another episode of the Last Ones In podcast. I am your host, Jariah Archuleta, and with me we have Robbie. Hello. E. Hello. And then from the other side of Colorado, we have my sister, Samantha. Hi. It's not really the other side. It's just like an hour away. It's like another part of it, though. There's one. It could be if you... Moved it. it is basically yeah. like a different world here. So. Yeah, it's like it counts <laughs> on how small of sections you cut Colorado into. <laughs> and today is actually the movie is being brought by E, sponsored oh. by E. <laughs> yeah, I have doubled my movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's the movie? All right. So today's movie is called It's Such a Beautiful Day. It's by Don Hertzfeld. Okay. Some people might recognize that. I'll probably go into that a bit later. Yeah, I, I recognize the name. We are recording this the day after uh, the last episode we recorded, which was Dunkirk. And so me, Robbie, and E don't have a whole lot to talk about. Uh, e has a little bit. Um, but Sam, what's uh, what's your week been like? It was okay, actually. Didn't work that much this week, so that was nice. I played video games. <laughs> what did you play? I played The Division 2. Oh, oh, did you, Sam? Did you play The Division 2? Yeah. You play that I did. without me? Did you do that? I did. You know when I bought that game, like last year, probably. It was this year. <laughs> oh well, it was the last year. Whenever the purchase date here? was, I asked Sam to buy well, that so me and her could play it together. Did you buy yeah, it? and then we never I, yeah. did. So yeah, I just so... happened to have another friend that played it. So we're fucking playing. Wow. It. I know. And you know what? That game is like over 100 gigs, and it took fucking forever to actually download. Yeah, it download. takes up a lot of space. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying that, Sam. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like I said in the live show, um, they took control off of uh, PS Now. So it's out of your control and now. It is. <laughs> it's very out of my control, and it's sad. That's really dumb. <laughs> That's the name of the game. <laughs> <laughs> that's about all and then e you said you did something this morning yeah i played one step from eden which is a game i kickstarted and came out in march and i first played it today <laughs> so you forgot about it i didn't forget about it It was on my desktop for <laughs> since march i just am slow at beating video games uh i wasn't like super sure if i'd like this one but like 10 minutes in i was like okay this is actually probably one of my favorite games i've played in wow. recent times <laughs> which has been a lot of games actually recently but like that, it was really place. good um i was told that it is basically something like Mega Man Battle Network and Slay the Spire two games i've never played so i don't know if that's accurate <laughs> i've played Battle Network i've never played uh, Slay the Spire is that game like you're on like a grid and your opponent's on a grid and you have to like attack so it's like yeah. that but you get like cards like Slay the Spire i've been told and like every time you beat around you get a new card Okay, okay. It's really fun. That sounds interesting. And it's like, it's my jam because it's one of those you just pick up and play and then you're done. So it's like, dang, I played for 30 minutes and died. That's, I can leave now if I want. Huh, okay, that's cool. That sounds interesting. (laughs) Yeah, it was really fun. I am interested to see uh, what your thoughts are when you keep playing it. Yeah, maybe I'll, maybe it has an ending. I'm not sure yet. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Uh, well, I guess let's get on to the uh, movie, huh? Yeah, so like I said before, it is called It's Such a Beautiful Day. Uh, none of you really... I guess Robbie has the best idea what it might be about knowing the artist behind it. Right. So I'm going to start with Sam. What do you think It's Such a Beautiful Day is about? Um, is this an anime? No. Uh, okay. <laughs> it is animated. 
It's animated, but it's not an anime. It's American. Um, okay. Then I might have to go off of what I thought. Let's see. Um, Can't guess tentacles this time. Probably about a day that's not really actually that beautiful, but some nice things happen, and that makes it beautiful. Or it's just really fucking depressing in some of these. <laughs> All right. Valid guesses. Jiraiya. Uh, cool. um, I don't get a guess often. This is fun. So knowing that apparently he has a background in shorts, I'm going to say it's an amalgamation of a bunch of different people, creatures, lives of a day. Um, and you get to see like the day's perspective from them. Like it's a man and like he goes outside and then you're like following a bird for a while and then like you're following a worm or something. That's that's my guess, and it's just like a day of the world. Okay. Ravi. I'm going to guess that it's somewhat of an amalgamation of that, of like it's uh, following this and that, but like more or less it's a beautiful day, but it's a bunch of shorts put into an, uh, a full movie that all deal within the same day, and there's probably going to be some fuckery around with it if I know anything about this animator. <laughs> so with that, here's the description. Bill struggles to put together his shattered psyche. That's it. That's, That's it. it. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a little bit more, but it's not really a description of the movie. It's the description of like the guy. Okay. But yeah. So that's basically the. Huh. So yeah, Sam's probably right about it's just real sad. She might be. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, E. Does this have a rating? No. Oh. It's not rated because so- it never was released theatrically. Oh, it's just like a personal project he put out there. Yeah. Yes and no. It went to like Sundance and stuff, but it just never had an actual rating. Oh, huh, okay. How long is it? It is one hour and two minutes, so it's the new shortest movie. <laughs> You're bringing all the shorts to us. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so where can we uh, find this? Yeah, that's movie? so this has got to be a weird one. You get one option for this movie, and it is Vimeo, where you can either rent or buy it. The other technical option is you can actually buy a Blu-ray containing this, and it actually contains a lot of his other work, so it honestly is worth it, in my opinion. Okay. But, yeah, so Vimeo is your choice for this. You know, everybody on the internet, that thing you forgot existed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it is, uh, I I should have wrote it down. Off the top of my head, I believe it is $3.99 to rent for three days, or $9.99 to just buy it. I personally bought it, one, because I would need it again anyways, but two, <laughs> honestly, I think it was worth the money. Okay. Oh, whoops, that's kind of spoilery for <laughs> but, you know. I mean, you're the one bringing this to us, so. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, Vimeo, if you want to watch along with us, if you don't want to use Vimeo, I'm sorry. <laughs> it used to be on Netflix, so maybe in some other territories it might still be yeah, on Netflix. Yeah, because, like, I remember seeing anime, or seeing advertisements for it in a sense, like, but it, it was just, like, small things, like, uh, people talked about it on YouTube, or, because, you know, he... Uh, was in the animated space for like YouTube yeah. and uh, some of those other sites that do short animated things. Like the thing that I mostly know him for is uh, his rejected right. shorts. And yeah. then I heard that he came out with that movie and I was like, huh, I'm not sure how I feel about this. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I looked everywhere to see if there was anywhere else you could find <laughs> it, but it really is you either buy it in a f- Blu-ray or you just get it on Vimeo. All right, there you go. It used to be on Netflix. If you know how to time travel, you can find it that way. (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, let's go and watch this movie, I guess. Yeah. Uh, We'll be right back, everybody. And we're back. Hello. From watching It's a Beautiful Day. It's such a beautiful day. It's such a beautiful day. I'm sorry. Take it away, E. All right. So 
I'm just gonna go with general thoughts. So I'll I'll go in reverse order. Of Ravi, you can start us off. So it was interesting to say the least. I had a little bit of an idea what I was getting into with watching some of his animated shorts, but it was there was still the dry humor in there, but there was more of like a kind of a realistic but unrealistic take on the t- are things in the movie, which I don't want to say yet, just because spoiler regions. It is kind of a hard recommendation, though. Like, but it is it is very interesting. It is something I would definitely watch. So I would say it's like considering. I guess the only way you actually can watch it is through a stream right now. I guess streaming it is. I would like I would personally recommend it, but I can see like there's only certain people I would recommend it to. Okay. But it is a hard movie to describe. Just ba- saying, like a base, our generalized basis of it, though, too. Right, Jariah. That's me. Yeah. All right. Um, I loved this. Okay, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell after we finished. Yeah, it kind of grabbed me immediately, nice. if I'm being honest. I was, really, I was worried that the Don Hertzfeldt's surrealness would push you out immediately, actually, but that's good to hear. No, it was interesting. Um, I think with the things that it goes into, a very small part of it about time and how time is perceived, uh, that's how, how I think about time as well, actually. So I think that helped me a lot, like, kind of understand where this movie was going and coming from. And, yeah, it was, uh, it was honestly very, very uh, good. It was really emotional and really, really funny in seconds from each other. It's just something very heartbreaking and then just a dumb joke. And it would, it, I don't know, it, it was really good. I had no expectations going into this because I didn't even know who the animator was or anything like that. You so didn't I, know what the heck... You literally had it listed as experimental art film. Yeah, like that's literally our how it on our calendars. Experimental art film. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I I really did honestly love it. I think it's worth a buy. If you can buy it, I think it's honestly definitely worth it. It's really good. It's, I don't know, Robbie said it's hard to recommend it. I think it's easy to recommend, but I think you got to know what you're recommending. It's very human, is, is ultimately what it is. It's extremely human, and it touches on very, very general subjects. nerves yeah. that I think everybody has. Um, so I think if anybody were to sit down and watch it, it's very easy for them to watch it and get something out of it or feel something. Um, yeah. Yeah, highly recommend. Definitely worth a buy in my book. Sam. Um, existential Dread. Yeah. That is yeah. this movie. <laughs> in a good or bad way. <laughs> well it made me sad but yeah me in a too. good or bad way <laughs> i enjoyed it a lot there's actually a lot of parts that i liked about it um it's not something that i really expected going in i didn't know what it was gonna be obviously yeah. well apparently i did kind of know what it was gonna be you but... guessed pretty well actually <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's i don't know i don't know if i could recommend it i guess maybe it depends on to who. Like some people would probably take it better than others, but yeah, and that's kind of my stance on it too. Like, it would have to be a certain kind of person I'd have to recommend it to. Mm-hmm. Somebody that may might actually appreciate it. Yeah. Instead of like, eh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pushing it aside. Um, well, obviously, just stream if you have Vimeo. Yeah. And watch it. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd suggest getting Vimeo just to watch this though. That's the thing. Um, maybe a, like a free trial. Go for a free trial. Well, you can literally just rent it. Like you can just like 
get only this movie. You don't need like Vimeo Plus or any of those. Oh, I don't know how this works. I don't either. <laughs> I just bought this movie. <laughs> this is the only time I've used Vimeo other than to pirate cartoons because it gets passed on Vimeo a lot better. The thing is, like, this is something that I could imagine being just like on YouTube. This is something I, I feel like a creator would make, but it's not in a bad way. Not mm. in a bad way. It it doesn't doesn't seem like something I'd buy personally, but okay. I'd stream it. I'd watch it on YouTube. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll because so obviously I was the one who brought this film, and I'm gonna say like starting this, I was like, this is nice, this is fun, and then towards the end, I was like, this is really amazing, like. For all, for lack of a better word, this really is a beautiful movie. Yeah, I agree. And mm-hmm. there is like, it does feel like a YouTube movie too. Like as Sam was saying, I actually, I completely agree. And you know, this creator started posting stuff on YouTube, anyways. Sure. So it kind mm-hmm. of fits throughout. But um, honestly, it's great. And this movie's kind of funny because this wasn't originally my choice for the experimental art movie. <laughs> I was actually going to do another one of his works called World of Tomorrow, but when looking at that, I realized that the third one actually wasn't out yet, and that would be what brings it to, like, an hour. Oh. And I saw this, and everyone was talking about how this is an amazing piece of art, so I decided to watch it, and honestly, I'm really glad I did. It is, it is an easy buy. I really... I am planning on going back and just buying his Blu-ray for this and World of Tomorrow because, honestly, this is an amazing movie. Yeah, like, whenever I say something like it's worth a buy, it basically means that, like, I think that the creator did something great here and they deserve money. Yeah. That's really when I, I, like, that's why I have, like, a buy rating on something. I think this dude deserves more money. In that case, I actually agree with you. Yeah, go fucking buy it. It's worth it. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's just... Amazing. But with that out of the way, I think it is time to get into spoilers. All right. So if you do not want It's Such a Beautiful Day spoiled for you, watch it prior. Uh, Again, Vimeo. <laughs> yeah. The, the only thing I think I would ever... It is the only thing I ever, like, wanted to go, decided to do on Vimeo. <laughs> but we will be back shortly with some spoilers. So see you there. Mm-hmm. And we are back for spoilers, and I think first things first, something you guys probably realized at least towards the end, this is in fact an anthology of three of his short films. Yeah, I didn't realize yeah. that. I, I, uh, I did see that at the end where it showed the three different films together, and the last one was This is a Beautiful Day, or It's Such a Beautiful Day to yeah. bring them all together. So here's probably what you might have noticed. It's divided into chapter one, chapter two, and chapter three. Yes. That's each of the mm-hmm. short films. Okay. And so I have the name. So the first one is Everything Will Be Okay, which is said in the short film, and that's where all the titles come from. Mm -hmm. The second one is I Am So Proud of You. And the third one is It's Such a Beautiful Day, which the entire anthology got the name from. Okay. Okay. Just wanted to get that out so that people can understand. And honestly, it works really well as a complete thing like he could i think he could have not had the chapter parts and it would just have flowed yeah honestly like it's such, it's told in such a non-traditional way um even narrative wise like mm-hmm. it feels like it's being told through this character's own perspectives and how he's perceiving time now after 
cancer and a stroke and dementia dementia yeah, yeah like it's just this guy's had the worst life <laughs> yeah so i guess here is the quick 60 second synopsis this is a movie about a man named bill who has a lot of medical issues and how he how his life just has been impacted from that it's like he said he has stroke most likely cancer he and towards the end he started just getting dementia as well and uh other mental health problems as well yeah yeah because in the second chapter it kind of goes into like um genetics and uh family predispositions to like mental illness and uh physical illness yeah it's just and it it's so weird because like from hearing that you think it probably would be a downer and it is in a lot of ways but (laughs) It honestly is also a really hilarious movie. It has and, a real dark sense of humor. Right. Yeah. And it's definitely on, a dark, dark humor. But I think that it's so true to life, though. That's how life is, is the ups and downs, the hills and valleys. Yeah, like, um, one of my favorite parts uh, that felt like life, like, <laughs> literally the thought that I had when we were watching was like, well, that's life, is he's, like, shopping and he's having, like, a really good day. He's like getting groceries and he's just having a nice day. And then he checks the answering machine and he learns that his mom died. And like in that instant, like everything is great and then not great in just an instant. And that's just such life. Yeah, <laughs> it happens a couple of times in there too. Like there's that or like how he's in the hospital and he's feeling really down and then he's feeling good one day and then he's feeling great the next day. And then he's even worse the, or the, or the day after that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It takes some time for him to build up and then he starts getting better and life starts looking good. And I start looking great. And then he has a stroke. Right. And like mm-hmm. the stroke actually is immediately after his doctor tells him that he can't find anything wrong with him anymore. Yeah. yeah it's like, fuck. Right. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> if I didn't know more about your medical history, I would say that you, I would uh, give you a clean bill of health, yeah. which is like, this is the best day I've ever had or ever had. And then I'll or suddenly just cut short by stroke. Mm-hmm. And then one of the things that it does, I forget if it's in chapter two or chapter three. What am I? There's a lot of really good parts, but one of the parts that I liked a lot was when it is going into the family history and how everybody in his family history has had a horrible life, really. Right. Um, and it has one of the best jokes in there. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, I know um, which one you're talking about. His uncle who <laughs> went crazy and then got hit by a train. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like the next family member. It's like his niece or something like that. It was, uh... The it was father. His, yeah, because it was going by his gra- it was going through his grandmother's family history, like right. talking about her brother, and her brother was crazy and then got hit by a train. Yeah, and then yeah. her little sister, who uh had this beautiful uh, flowing golden hair and, and then, hit imaginary animals with a hammer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. She died of yellow fever and also was on fire. <laughs> yeah. <Right. laughs> but um I think I know where you're going with this. Is it when it calls back to that? Yeah. Yeah. When it it's the it's mm-hmm. the rule of jokes. The rule right. of threes and jokes is every joke is the first time very funny, the second time outplayed, third time even funnier. And it sticks to that rule because it eventually calls back to the train thing. Mm-hmm. When they call about his mother. Right, yeah. right. Um, she was like suffering from all these mental disorders and then she was hit by a train. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes it seem like she's going to die in a hospital bed, but no, she's hit by a train. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so I guess really, that is really the kind of humor. It It is very dark, but yeah. in a light, mode and some of it is insane in off the walls because uh another so in the in chapter one there is a segment where bill just starts losing 
like any psyche. Yeah. And he's just imagining what he's seeing around, and you watch him like destroy a a bus sign and like flip over cars, <laughs> and then he looks at this like deformed van, and then he makes his head explode. Yeah. I actually um really like the the parts where it's sort of building up to like more and more to the point where it gets overwhelming where it's like layers of like music and sentences and stuff like yeah. that because that's something i actually experience um my mental stuff like racing thoughts and stuff like that so it's sort of overwhelming and a pretty good depiction of that actually yeah like whenever like stress and anxiety took him over in the doctor's office whenever the doctor's telling him that he has cancer i believe it is when he's first hearing that news the doctor's saying like he doesn't have very long to live and he has all these problems and then he starts replaying other thoughts in his head and conversations and then noises outside and it all just culminates into a white noise and everything just goes away. I've had points in my life to where that's happened to me and I just it's so strangely powerful. It's a it's a deafening silence, I think, yeah. that everybody experiences at some point in their life. And it's this just depicts it so well. Right. I mean honestly this the def- you could tell like this is written by a man who's experienced a lot of these things. Yeah. Because yeah. like even the first thing mm-hmm. in this movie is Bill is walking past another man who he recognizes, and it's their <laughs> stupid conversation where the man asks, yeah. the man says hello, Bill asks, how's up, and the man says thanks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is just like the most awkward thing. I love these little bits of it because it's just like, this is basically how my brain works and how I think for like a lot of it. Like the... There's like these little weird details that stick out more than like the bigger, bigger things that most people would. Well, a thing that's kind of uh, done really well about it with this movie, too, is that it's all said within the same tone. And so everything has the same amount of energy to it. Mm -hmm. I guess like the level that I'm speaking right now is a level that Don Hertz, who I'm guessing was the narrator for this, uh, speaks throughout the entire thing. And whether he's talking about how. He tried saying, or, how are you? And what's up at the same time? And said, how's up? And then he said, thanks. And we kept walking <laughs> past each other at the same speed. Like, we, are, I never saw that man again. Yeah, and then the next he day happened so, and they both forgot about yeah, it. I think everybody's done that so they can. It's yeah. relatable. <laughs> yeah. And it's all told the same exact energy, which gives it this kind of weird, like you have to stop and realize like what's going on while you're listening to it. Yeah. I think the fact that everything does have that same energy makes it to where the little tiny things and the really big moments have the same energy. Yeah. Uh, like, the same uh, weight to everything. Everything is incredibly important and not important at all. Which is like life. Yes, yeah, exactly. Because, <laughs> like, at the start, he's compl- he's talking about how he- Bill only reaches for the or- the fruit in the back because the other fruit is in close proximity with every other patron's... <laughs> yeah, crotch. Crotch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, again, that is told with the same exact, like severity as bill was just told his mom died yeah or how his uh how his great aunt died at the age of eight from yellow fever and being caught on fire at the same time yeah, yeah. <laughs> like same energy for both of yeah them. i guess i should say this so how this movie is format or not format but how this move what <laughs> it's so hard to explain so like i would call this an animated movie but that's not really that true yeah, it's not really animated, mm-hmm. I would say. Like there is uh drawings. Yeah. But so there's that, but also there's like pictures of real life there too. Mm-hmm. And like everything between. And even the animation is really 
slightly better stick figures. Yes. <laughs> and uh, if you have seen Don Hertzfeld's uh, other works, the main one most people have seen is Rejected. But um, if you are around my age, you probably have seen his Pop-Tart commercials. And those oh, are the yeah. black and white ones with similar... <laughs> yeah, they're black and white with these little kids who are like almost just slightly better stick figures. This That's, man did the Pop-Tart commercials? They hired him for the Pop-Tart commercials. Think about that. <laughs> what fucking asshole that Pop-Tart company was like, we need the sad guy. <laughs> well, to be fair, this was rejected. Isn't really that sad. It's more surreal. Yeah, and okay. that's mo- like that's the tone of the those weird pop tart commercials. Yeah, okay. So, so it has those and real life images. And how he did it is actually kind of impressive. So, first off, it's shot on thirty five millimeter. I don't know what that means. I assume you do. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all of the visuals are captured in camera with optical effects and trick photography. None of this was post. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I really like, I think it's in chapter one, when it starts, when he starts freaking out and everything starts to feel a little surreal in the background, um, because also I should say, the art in this isn't just one full screen of art all the time. It, yeah. You get little bubbles on the screen that show portions, like almost like a, a fractured memory, honestly. Yeah. Um, like when you remember something, but you can't really remember it well, it almost feels like it's not there. It's like a haze of something that you might have experienced once. I think the entire movie captures that because everything that you see is in these small bubbles that are in a portion of the frame. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the back of the frame, you can see just actual visuals of fire or something else. And I think um, the one I like the most is in chapter one when everything starts getting weird and it's just octopus tentacles in the background. Yeah, I noticed that too. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about whether it was like a toy pig or dog. <laughs> like just Oh, I didn't notice that one. Well, that was just like everything's cut, and then they're just like that for a couple seconds while the oh yeah, like licking the screen or whatever. yeah yeah. No, that that was weird too. But about, think about this, which was what I was thinking about when I was listening or watching it. It would actually do pretty good as just just an audio like podcast format because there's a lot of soundscapes in there that sort of um, bring everything to life. Uh, the story um, sort of reminds me of like the lore podcast where everything is told in a display like one narrator really nice storytelling like i could definitely see i could i think i could listen to this and i would get a very different experience um not a lesser experience just a different one um i think the art does help with some of it like some of the very strange stuff but like sam said the audio gets strange there as well in a way that is complimentary to the things that are actually being told yeah, to you. Like what in chapter one, when Bill's freaking out while you see these weird, surreal things, like a man with a cow's head. Yeah. The audio like really gives you that feeling of like not understanding what's happening too. Yeah. Like that you, kind of uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Something's wrong. Right. Cause feeling. like it's not quite, it's not, it's like the weird sounds, but none of them are actually recognizable as a sound you would hear. Honestly, what that kind of reminded me of, and I've talked about this before on one of the live casts that we had, is it kind of reminded me of the caretakers, the end of everything, or at the end of everything, if I'm saying it correctly, which is like, it's six albums that he made that are meant to be listened to one t- or, or from one end to the other, and there's six stages of dementia that you go through, and it's just an, that's all it is, just audio, and like, it starts off with you listening to almost like 1930s, almost like slow, or smooth jazz kind of our sound to it but there's like little pops and like it kind of like one song will end another one will start immediately or sometimes there'll be like little snippets missing of it 
And so you can kind of feel, have a feeling like, you know, something's wrong here, but it slowly starts to go to where like, by the time they get to the sixth album, it's mostly static. And it sounds like it's been like, it's static mixed with the sound of like the same songs you heard in the first album, but slowed down by about 8,000%. And so it gives the sense of familiar familiarity, but also the sense of uh, something different. And you're not sure. So what's is it basically new. like, is it basically like a oh, white noise or like, um yes and what no. it would sound like if you're like uh going through radio stations really fast kind of it's really hard to describe it but the whole idea of it is it was meant to have like the six different stages of going through dementia and i got i really got that feeling watching this movie whenever uh you know he was actually going through dementia and going through the same thing every single day but not realizing he's going through the same thing every single day yeah so this actually did remind me of that thing um because you brought it up a few times before yeah and it did remind me of that, but this seems like a much more easy and more pleasant thing to consume than that, in a way that feels like you can't actually consume it. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, the six albums that you have to listen to in a row, in one sitting, feels just impenetrable to me. I don't think so, but I think that kind of comes from me working a job where sometimes I'll actually spend eight hours not talking to people. Yeah. So like, I can actually listen to something like that in one sitting and did not it not be a big deal. Yeah. That's impenetrable. <laughs> <laughs> um so other things with me actually something I, re- I really like the relationship between bill and his ex-girlfriend yeah that made me sad <laughs> <laughs> it made me a little bit sad too but i think that's just kind of it was a sense of familiarity for him even at that point where he didn't realize why it was familiar anymore which once again goes back to the dementia yeah mm-hmm. it's just like this was clearly a person that he really cared about. Right. And it just didn't work for some reason. But they still had something there. So, like, they didn't abandon each other. They just right. didn't They still work. were close. Right. They just didn't work. And, like, it was super sad because she keeps being there, like, helping by his side, even bringing her boyfriend to the hospital at one point. Which she regretted, but... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, like, even to the point, it just sucks because this is, like, his anchor to the life, really. Mm-hmm. Like, this is his one thing. And even mm-hmm. that, you have to watch him forget. And it's just yeah. fucking heartbreaking. It is, but... <laughs> he forgets her name. He sort of remember her face, but forgets well, wasn't her name. He, could, he, it's a, he recognized her just from her hair. Yeah. Really yeah. Oh, yeah he said right. eventually it got to the point where everybody's face looked exactly the same, but he knew his ex-girlfriend because she had long hair. Yeah, yeah. and then it's accompanied by actual visuals of just very simple parts of uh, his ex-girlfriend, like of, of actual, it's an actual woman in this yeah. drawing. And it's just, like, her hair and, like, her hips and her throat. And it's just, I don't know why, but that just really hit me really hard. Well, so, um, it's, like, the idea of just forgetting someone you love. It's sort of terrifying, honestly, and I would never want to go through that. Just, you know, it'd be confusing. It's a scary thought. It really is. And being around anybody that experiences that as well is just sad. Yeah, um, like... Our, our grandpa uh, has dementia, yeah. and it's just... It, it's pretty heartbreaking to see, especially because mm-hmm. he'll have his lucid days whenever he remembers us, and then he'll have his days where he just doesn't know anything around him. Yeah. And it's... It's really hard, Yeah, it, that's actually been a thing that's been happening for the past probably 15, 20 years or something like that, too, because... Mm-hmm. And once again, it started off very slight, and then just kind of it's been progressing throughout the years as he gets older and older. It's just really, like, that's honestly the part that really grabbed me about this is, like, having to wrestle the idea of dementia from someone who can't understand it because of 
how dementia really just works. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. So in chapter three, there's a scene after he gets back from the doctor and the doctors ask if he would be more comfortable at his house under family care. And the scene honestly makes me cry. It made me cry the first time and the second time too. Is when Bill goes outside and he says it's a really nice day and goes for a walk. Yeah. And he walks around the block and then he gets back to his door and he looks up and says, it's a really nice day. I should go for a walk. And it's yeah. just heartbreaking to watch. That also goes along with it, too, because it, it is very much you see things in the animation that change little by little as he does it, too. But it's always the same. Like, I should go out for a walk today. Bill went to his front door. It's a very nice day outside today. There's a shoe filled with leaves. For some reason, that makes him in- inexplicably sad. Walks around the corner, goes to the our market. He walks back around the corner to his house and goes back inside and then, yeah, just loops over and over again. Yeah, um, something that happens in Chapter 3 that I really, really liked is that it starts going into the very basic things that he never realized were beautiful. And I've had that <laughs> moment before of, yeah. like, I'm just broken or lost in the world. And you start noticing really simple things like thread counts and, like, this thing's really soft. Why did I never notice how soft this thing was? Or, like, this paint is, like, super weird here. Why did I never pay attention to this paint or this wood or, like, these trees outside, like, why did that never strike me? Why is it right now that I'm finally realizing how beautiful this thing is? Yeah. I remember you had that, uh, I was taking us to school one time whenever we were in high school together, and my car broke down on the side of the road, and you actually, whenever we were waiting for my mom to come pick us up after my car broke down, like, it needed a jump start. It needed something. I can't remember what it was, considering this had to be, like, 10 years ago now, but... <laughs> Longer. If yeah, longer than that, considering we actually graduated eleven years ago. Yeah, <laughs> we are think, old. E. No, I think you're getting caught on yeah. something. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm I'm getting caught on the fact that I can't remember what was wrong with the car. But I'm just, but, just like laughing because I don't think that it's matters. Irrelevant. No, it, it is. It, ultimately, it is irrelevant. The what I was gonna make the point I was gonna make is that was actually the first time that Dry wasn't paying attention to the road while we were going to school, and he actually looked around at the surroundings and kind of had a moment of. We actually live in a very beautiful place. Like, how come I never noticed that before? And I was like, I think it's just because we didn't have time to just stop and look at everything. That's why. Because yeah. he was always just paying attention to the road as we were going off to school. He never paid attention to a mountain during a sunrise. Or I think it's just like one of those things where you're just um, used to your surroundings. So you don't really understand what it would be like to look at it through fresh eyes until you do. <laughs> yeah. which i've had moments like that too because one of the first jobs that i had was god like a 40 minute drive away from where i lived over at you can probably cut out what the name of the actual place is but lodge whenever i worked up there which was had to be like a 35 mile drive for me just just one way to get there but yeah. it had or it went down this mountain trail and during the summertime when everything starts to bloom up again it looks fucking gorgeous on the mountainside there too but Doing that every single summer for four years, after a while, I just stopped paying attention to it. And then I think I didn't start paying attention to it again until after the fire happened and I realized all of it was gone. Yeah, it's really, it's really strange. Yeah. Yeah, this movie really struck a, struck a chord with me, actually. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 it's one of, it really is one of those things It's like, there's not, there's a lot of, not a lot of movies that I personally can watch a lot that remind me of my mortality, as weird as that statement sounds. Right. Because this ultimately is a movie about mortality. Yeah, it is. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. That. <laughs> speaking of that, he talks about how he's on his deathbed mm-hmm. and he's surrounded by all of these people that he barely recognizes and he can't imagine why his entire life he's been worried about this day 
because this day mm-hmm. is so nothing to him and it doesn't matter it's... and it's all these people in his life that he has just as much connection to as a person down that he's a stranger walking down the street and he just can't understand why he looked forward or why he concentrated on this day so much when it just means so much nothing yeah like and the <laughs> so only she... thing that he can, uh, and his last words before he dies ends up being it smells like dust and moonlight in here because yeah. he can't think of anything better to say yeah it's a uh, really really powerful actually yeah. um <laughs> yeah it's all uh meaningless and meaningful at the same time <laughs> yeah uh, there's another part that i really liked whenever he's laying in the grass and he keeps telling to himself like no bill this isn't where you die you don't die here and you just hear it over and over again through the voiceover like bill don't die bill get up wake up bill you don't die here and then it goes on to this fantasy of bill lived forever he lived until all the humans passed away and all of the people that he loved and lost and loved and loved and loved and lost again were gone anybody that even the memories of them were gone. And then as aliens came down yeah. made of light and they greeted him and said hello and treated him as a god until they died and the earth below him melted away and he was stuck in space with the stars and even when he closed his eyes he still saw them until all the stars were gone. That's also far more frightening to me than the death part. Well, so, <laughs> yeah, I just, I love this end part. I don't know if it's really explicitly said or... Like, I think it's one of the parts you can easily interpret yourself as, is it just the nonsense that Don Hertzfeld loves to do? Or because mm-hmm. of the themes of the movie, it's like this idea that it's his brain just trying to tackle his own death. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think the ending is what really seals it to me, where, like, all the stars are slowly turning off. Yeah. And he's the last one there. And, well, he's the last one there until he himself disappears. Yeah. It's, it's really good. But that that's always been a far more frightening thing. Like, what if I don't die? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be here forever. Like, I don't want to see everybody I've loved, like fade away and become nothing while I'm still around. Like that seems far more frightening than just dying. Yeah. It's sad. I sort of interpreted it as, um, I feel like people think about death and like when they're going to die. Maybe it's just me, but <laughs> think about death a lot. <laughs> some people do. And some people do everything they can to avoid it. Um, it's something that obviously everybody has to go through because it's the inevitable part of life. Right. But it also seems like it's so distant, like out of your grasp, like you can't imagine that it's actually going to happen, even though you know it's going to happen. Um, so you sort of just think, okay, how is it going to happen? Um, what am I going to do with my life? What am I going to leave behind? And I think a lot of people, their goal is to, like, leave something behind as a sort of memory of them, as a sort of way to, like, make their mark on the world. Like, hey, I was here. And it's not just, like, uh, when you die, you die, and that's the end of it. Am I getting too depressing here? Uh, no, I, mean, that's, no, I chose this going. movie. I knew I knew what, what had um, come from it. No, like, I think that's everybody's fear. Like, nobody wants to just be forgotten, right? They want... Uh, that's ultimately why death is so scary is because you're it's not because you don't get to experience things it's because everything suddenly is is gone everything you are is just not there it's not the fact that you're not there experiencing it it's just the lack of anything and how how do you even fathom what nothing is because as far as everybody's been alive everything is always there there's not just nothing um yeah like, like you can't remember from before you were born 
Exactly. Yeah. So, like, how can you possibly fathom after? It just is, and then it isn't, and whether or not you believe in afterlife or not, which I personally don't, is just not there anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's that's actually part of the reason why I say I would have a, like, I did personally, do, I personally did enjoy this movie. But I do have a hard time recommending it to some people because I know some people who just cannot have that conversation because there's some people who are just that scared about mortality and death and just want to not think yeah. about it for as long as possible. Fuck them. Yeah, I think a lot of people <laughs> a lot of people like to avoid the topic in general because it's uh, a downer. <laughs> they tell it's, a, it's a hard topic. It is a hard topic, but it is still like a necessary topic to have sometimes too. Everybody has to grasp with it in their own way eventually yeah. you don't get to not deal with it <laughs> like, yeah. that's... like it's uh <laughs> okay the point is it's going to happen whether you're ready for it or not like it it's not going to happen on the perfect day at the perfect moment it's just going to fucking happen yeah yeah but it's one of those weird subjects and people get really weirded out whenever i say this it's an uncomfortable subject much like poop because it's something <laughs> that everybody does but nobody wants to talk about it <laughs> Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's a way to think of it, Robbie. Um, <laughs> yeah, the way that like I like to think of death, like the way that I've said it to myself for a very long time now, is that like so many people imag- want to imagine when they die, like they're gonna be surrounded by all their loved ones, and everyone's gonna say how great they were and all the great memories they have. But like the reality is, most people are gonna die like on a Tuesday at three in the afternoon when everyone's at work and kids are getting off school and like that's going to be the world yeah. that is there when you die like it's well, it's going to be nothing normal be, fucking day yeah, yeah. it's going to be just <laughs> like, just like every other day it's not going to be this big special amazing thing i mean it might be for the people who are in that room but it, the world will keep turning as it goes or whenever it happens yeah like and... i i honestly am not afraid of death i'm afraid of dying old <laughs> because it sounds so tragic like if you build this life around for yourself and you're not, like, the first of your people to go, then, like, you just get to watch everybody you love die, and that sounds horrible. Like, what do you have to live for? It's like, yeah, everyone I grew up with is dead now. Pass me the jello. <laughs> Man, this is a really downer of an episode, I don't know but what it's good. I'm in, I'm in great spirits. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just, it is just this movie, and... Like, there's so many beautiful scenes. Like, a scene I like in this movie is when you see Bill as a kid watching the ocean, and he says someone tells him that the waves have been there long before he has, and they will continue to be there long after he's gone. Right. Mm-hmm. And, then... and as Bill looks up and thinks about all the things he wants to do with his life, and I think that really just encapsulates life. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and, like, Something that this does, I think it's in chapter one and two a lot, uh, it concentrates on water a mm-hmm. lot. And like, whenever I'm in a funk, I really like to stare at water. I don't know what it is about it. It's just soothing and really sad. Just the water it's, flowing is like, I don't know. I think there's somewhat of a metronome effect to make it calming, though, too. Like, I know that sometimes whenever I was in a funk, back whenever we lived in the valley, I would just go down to the river because we lived rather close to the Rio Grande River. Mm-hmm. And so we could just walk down there and listen to just the river flow as it went along and it kind of just helped you gather your thoughts and meditate while you're just sitting there. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Yeah. I kind of missed the river actually. Yeah. <laughs> actually something I thought was interesting. I didn't catch it on my first viewing, but um, I noticed. So in chapter three, Bill goes to meet his real father. Mm-hmm. And when he hears about his father, he has a flashback to the beach 
Yeah. I, so his father was probably the one who told him the thing about the waves. Yeah, yeah. and it's said mm-hmm. that he has one memory of his father before he left, and it shows the beach. Yeah, that's that's his one memory of his father. His yeah. father is saying everything has been here before you, and it'll be here after you. But yeah, it's just like little. There's just little beautiful moments throughout this movie like that. Honestly, yeah. yeah, like that's kind of the best way to describe this movie is that it's a lot of nothing with a lot of very terrifying moments and little beautiful moments sparkled in there. I wouldn't even say nothing. I think yeah. I think the nothing is some of the best substance in this movie when it's just explaining his average day of what he's doing. Yeah. Because those are the moments that you never think about. All everybody's day is filled with mm-hmm. so much nothing. You're vacuuming or you're doing the dishes or you're walking to your car, or walking down the TV. street, you're watching TV, getting mail. And none of these moments ever stick out to you. But that's so much of what life really is. It's it's mm-hmm. all these average little bits. And then like the movie says, like, what if my life is this, and then all the moments that are strange are when I do something else. Right. Um, and, like, that's, that's life. Like, life is so much of nothing, mm-hmm. and it's never, ever appreciated. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah. something mm-hmm. they actually talked about in another show, or in another TV show, one that me and you have arguments about whether it's a good show or not, <laughs> is Westworld. Right. Is they, have that, uh, they have that conversation between Dolores and uh, Anthony Hopkins' character about how he said, it's like, be honest, though, you're just living in your little loop. Every now and then, you may step outside of that loop and go on your, a little adventure of your own, but no matter what, you always keep coming back to that same little loop. Yeah. And it's kind of the same thing of that, like you were just saying, with going through the motions every single day, just not really having a moment to like, exp- like appreciate the things around you. Yeah. In the mornings when your coffee spills because your kids are frantic, like, the thing that people concentrate on is like, oh my god, the coffee spilled, how do I fix this? But the thing they need to really be concentrating is like, like how frantic and happy my kids are. Like, how, how amazing is that? Or yeah. like, when my wife is freaking out because she doesn't think she looks great and like, how I can like be there to like help her feel better. Like, instead of like, oh my God, it's like such a waste of time in my morning to have to be here to be for this person. Instead of that thing, like, I get to be here for this person. Like, it's such a, it's, it's perspective. So much of, of, of life is just perspective. All these little small things can be so much bigger if you let them. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's weirdly enough, despite how much you say you would hate to have my job, it's one thing I like about being a machinist, actually, is it kind of gave me an appreciation for detail that I didn't really notice beforehand. Like, because it's one of those, since I deal with tight tolerances all the time, I start to... Yeah, you I have do. To keep, yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> but the word tight was in there, so it's sexualized now. <laughs> But no, just uh, appreciation of small details because since everything works in tight tolerances and like I have to be able be specific or have to be accurate down to like the thousandth of an inch, like so every now like whenever you work with the same thing and you deal with uh so many of these parts that are carbon copies of each other to the point like down to the thousandth of an inch, like I said, mm-hmm. um you start to notice blemishes and you start to notice details about them too, and so whenever I see other blemishes and details, whether it's kind of the wearing of time of it or like, you know, frost grew on something or rust started to uh, deteriorate something or paint is flaking off. I started to notice little details like that more as I walked around my day. Mm-hmm. And in a weird way, it just kind of, yeah, brings a sense of beauty to the imperfect. At least for me, it did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the, one of the things that I really like to do is photography, which really helps you sort of look at, things in a different perspective um 
like how the light hits something or shadows and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know. Those are small, cool t- details in life, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you that uh, lighting and perspective and distance and geometry of it all, like that does add to the flavor of life. So this might make you happy. Actually, all audiences and critics alike actually really also love this movie. Good. And I'm not, this seems like a weird number. Apparently it won 90 awards. That's a lot. Yeah. So wow. like it, it toured a lot. Well, okay. So that's collectively over um each short film. That's still a lot. And also the <laughs> movie. But yeah, it is a lot. And it really, and I forget who, which like magazine did it. It was listed as one of like the top 50 animated movies of all time. And that seems fair, honestly. Yeah. It's <laughs> really good. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Like, like, I don't know how much I would call it an animated movie. It's definitely an art film. Yeah. Through yeah. and through. It, but it's not pretentious at any point, I don't think. No. Which is something that I think a lot of art films uh, fail at, is they're trying to convey this thing in such a way that they they become too abstract and become very yeah. pretentious. I don't think this ever gets to the point of being pretentious. <laughs> no. Which, speaking of pretentious movies, I think one of your, at least the one that I've talked to you about that you like to talk about being pretentious, but a pretentious movie that you like is Mr. Nobody. That is a very pretentious movie. It is. That I, it is very pretentious. I like despite myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, so just like a production fact, this actually was one of his uh, quickest, like, from start to finish, because unlike most of his movies, he didn't ink any of this movie. So it was oh. all just sketches, basically. Oh, so it really yeah. just was white background the whole thing? And... Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, he just used the 35 millimeter and just took pictures. Took pictures, basically, yeah. It's all. It's basically a stop motion wow. film in a sense. That makes sense of like the way that the rest of it is shown too. How the movie starts off with just the trees and the clouds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Which goes back mm-hmm. to loops around to him and uh, laying in the park watching his yeah. life end basically. Yeah. That. That's cool. That's really cool actually. Yeah. So like, <laughs> that's it's stuff like that. Like it really is an art film, and I don't. I don't know really many media that does this blend of so many different types of filmmaking the only other media i think does it nearly as good as who framed roger rabbit and that's also re- i know you think it's silly. i was about to make that joke <laughs> no, but <laughs> honestly who framed roger rabbit is such a amazing thing from production standpoint i don't know how you feel about it as a movie it's fine yeah but like <laughs> there are stuff done in that movie that are the biggest one is the put it's something called around something like uh pushing the lamp because there is a scene in the movie where there is a lamp that's turning and they had to main they had to get the light perfect mm-hmm. in every single frame i mean yeah that movie yeah. is astounding from a technical perspective right like i've there's i don't i can't imagine anybody putting the time and energy into it like they did to ever do that kind of thing again yeah like i think a good example is space jam which doesn't feel nearly connected no like you don't feel like michael you don't feel like he's actually with the looney tunes no <laughs> whereas like you watch who framed roger rabbit and i you feel like live actors yeah, actually with the yeah cartoons. like you feel like he's with them yeah you're like, like that this detective world... wants to fuck that girl <laughs> did not <laughs> that is roger rabbit's wife thank you very much yeah that detective had thoughts though <laughs> but like <laughs> this like this movie honestly Technic- from a technical standpoint, is amazing how well it does this stuff. Though. It is, I agree. Like again, just learning that really none of this is post 
that he did that the entire time is amazing. Yeah, that's actually kind of a technical marvel. No, I'm just like the way that he drew everything and how it's sectioned off like that. It's really, yeah. really cool. It's just insane, especially like the scenes where they're almost seamless together. Yeah, are amazing. Yeah, I am so impressed at this movie. It's insane. Yeah, like, <laughs> and it's kind of like it's one of those funny things because again, like the animated parts are almost just slightly better stick figures, but yeah. it still looks amazing. Even like simple things like the shading done in this movie is really good. In the it mostly is in chapter three. The first two don't use shading that much, but mm-hmm. like the hospital scenes honestly look amazing. They they like, they the, give you that feel of being in a hospital and like a really hot afternoon. Like I don't know when right. I think of hospitals, like I'm stuck in a room and like I kind of don't want to be here, but I sort of have to be. And it's really hot and it's awkward and it smells weird. And like yeah. it 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 managed to bring me to that state of mind of being in a hospital. Right. It's, and again, this is done with, like, just a pencil. Yeah, yeah that's that the thing. The Everything is part. so minimal. And that's actually one thing mm-hmm. that I did uh, that was sad but kind of beautiful about the uh, the days that he goes and walks around the block is the day when he starts to notice all the things that he never noticed before because it just goes from that simple pencil with mm-hmm. uh, black and white to there being color and then there being details and then to... It goes from stick figures to like actual people to like a kind of a blurred photo mm-hmm. almost that you're looking at. Just stuff like that is just so amazing. And I don't, this honestly, Don Hertzfeld is a master of this blend of medium because even in his film Rejected, which isn't as much of a technical masterpiece as this movie, it still does it so well to the point where like it's animated in the old fashioned way, like on papers that you flip. Mm-hmm. And there comes a time in that film where like the paper starts getting crumpled and like holes are punctured through the paper. <laughs> yeah. And it looks so amazing and it works so well. That's really cool. But yeah. I, I think I, <laughs> I expected it to be more, a little bit more just surreal and not kind of hit that, that string of real life because yeah. I've watched or uh, his cartoon rejected. Yeah. And stuff like that. But like, that made me love this movie so much more is like coming in this from that perspective. Like I know what rejected is. And then watching this and seeing just how true to life this movie is. Yeah. is just amazing. Yeah. I'm, I'm very, very much amazed by this, this entire thing. <laughs> I think the thing that we haven't given enough credit still is that his voiceover is just so spot on. It's so yeah. perfect mm-hmm. for everything that like the writing itself is really great. But without that voiceover, it would be such a different movie. Right. Because like, even, like we said, he gives like the same tone throughout. Mm-hmm. If you didn't have that, if he had inflections, I don't know if I think it would have hit as well. Right. Because I think it would have felt manipulative almost. Right. Mm-hmm. Again, it's the idea of every like the little things feeling almost as big as the big things because mm-hmm. of it. And again, that's one of the things that really is true to life. In that moment... Like, dropping your coffee mug is the worst thing that ever happened to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and in perspective of the movie, this happened after his mother died, and it's almost, the mug's almost more inflictive of a tone. Right. He's more <laughs> angry. He's like, this, well, what is wrong with yeah. this fucking mug? <laughs> right. And it makes sense why he's so angry, though, because that's when he doesn't understand what's happening anymore. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's lost his uh, sense of connective, connectedness. Like, it's the same scene I talked about earlier that makes me cry where he's walking around the block. But, like, you watch him and he can't open a door anymore. He can't. Mm-hmm. He walks into his house with groceries and then it pans over and you see that there's 
so much like he's done that so many times he's probably been buying groceries all day and it's heart-wrenching he can't hold a mug he looks at his phone and just has this vague idea that he needed to call someone Mm -hmm. he hears that Mm -hmm. a doctor was on his voicemail and the only thing you can think is is he sick because he just lost it he doesn't know anymore and it's just heart-wrenching yeah it's it's really hard actually honestly for me what got me on that one was uh whenever he said that he was driving down the highway and he can't remember why he was driving down the highway but he just feels like he needs to keep driving and he's not sure why or where he's even going and i think because i think that's one thing that actually happens a lot with uh dementia patients is uh, like the very short time that i worked at a nursing home which i you know, I, I wasn't a nurse or anything. I just worked in the <laughs> kitchen there, but I, you know, saw everything that was happening around there. And I saw the nursing and the doctors talking to the people with dementia, like how they're like, I want to go home. Like, well, you're home now. Like, I don't live here. I live over there. I was like, no, no, no. Like that house was like, you, that, I haven't told him like that house was sold like so many years ago or something like that. And like, well, wait until my husband hears about this. And like them, not sure if they should tell him that their husband died five years ago. And then like them really wanted to leave, but telling them that they can't and them getting frustrated about that. But than those few times that someone actually does are like, you know, they don't watch them for like five minutes and they do escape from the nursing home and they find them out in the middle of the city, like three days later, not knowing where they are kind of thing. It kind of gave me that sensibility about that whole scene with him just driving and not knowing where he's going, but he's just driving. That scene starts because he's just drives and he doesn't know why he's going to a certain house, but he goes to that house Mm -hmm. and he meets a person who he can't recognize and they give him another address to go to. And once he gets there, he meets a man he doesn't recognize. And they just sit together till he tells the man, you are forgiven. Yeah, and he doesn't know why he's telling him that. He just knows that he has to. And then the man starts crying, and he doesn't know why he's crying either. And that, when he's just driving down the highway, comes after that. Because he doesn't know what's left. He had this idea of what he had to do, but at a point he just can't do anything yeah so he just drives and drives with no directions left to follow it's uh <laughs> it's really sad yeah. <laughs> yeah um and we i think we're really not selling like this movie is genuinely really funny like it does, yeah. if you like dark humor it has a lot mm-hmm. of really great timed dark humor in it even that i think it just has really just funny jokes because what you guys laughed at way more than i laughed when originally was the uh leaf blowing scene Oh yeah, that was just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. And Which, it's a, it's like five minutes long. It feels like it's probably only like a minute, honestly. But yeah, but like it's there. He's waiting at a bus stop. Bill is the character that we follow through the movie, and there's a guy just blowing leaves around, and he's just going about his day. And Bill's just watching him, and he like blows leaves to a spot, but one gets left behind. And then for like forty five seconds, <laughs> this guy is trying to get this leaf to move, he's like putting it closer and farther away, putting it closer and farther away, moving it a bunch, and he eventually gets it puts it with the rest of the leaves and then slowly blows them towards Bill's feet and just leaves them all there. And Bill just watches this entire time. <laughs> it's, it's so strange and like, yeah, that's life. <laughs> yeah. It's um sort of a apathetic humor. Yes, yes. Sometimes you just like watch things happen and you know they're happening and <laughs> you don't really know how to react to it. Yes, anyway. yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, my favorite part is just about reacting to it in any way. Maybe it's just that this man clearly wanted Bill to move too, yeah. and Bill just stood there. Yeah, <laughs> this man's just standing like uh. It's so good. It's so good. And like, there's moments like that throughout the entire movie. 
and is great. And just the dialogue is, I, I'm not. It might be overselling. It's almost Tarantino-like, where it's so dull yet so interesting at the same time. That's like that's a good way to put it. Is that it? He's able to embellish the dull things and make them bright in a way that yeah, Tarantino does really well. He's able to take like going to the laundromat or like buying a fucking McDonald's hamburger and he makes it an interesting conversation. Yeah. Um that this does that a lot. It's a very boring thing of like he's going and buying groceries and it's a nice day and like he's able to make yeah. these things incredibly interesting to you the viewer. Right. Um even though if you were to walk talk to somebody like in just a normal day and they were to tell you those things like it just wouldn't hit you. Right. Cuz like, <laughs> one that gets me at the start is like when he goes and buys his groceries the clerk asks how are you he's like fine how about you and she doesn't say anything his thought is i feel used yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's stuff like that like that's not i connect to that that part <laughs> like, it's funny because like that's not like something you should be thinking but it kind of right it's kind of like you probably have thought that at one point yeah, yeah. like how dare you <laughs> Just yeah, so many moments like that, and I really wanted to bring that up because I think we have been overselling, like, well, underselling the humor and just right, between right. parts of it. Because ultimately, you do focus on the beautiful parts, mm-hmm. but much like life, there's many things between it. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. E. Let's go on to our final thoughts. All right, uh, I'm gonna start with Sam. Okay, so I. Actually, think I have more of a appreci- more of an appreciation for this movie, like after having this discussion, because it was pretty enjoyable. It did make me feel a little sad, but but thinking about it, I actually think it's not a very sad movie because sad things happen, but it also highlights like good things, even if they might be like mundane things. Sometimes you look back at those things and you're like, that was a good memory. That was yeah. It kind of goes with the sense of uh, people look at things at the moment and think that they might be trivial, but are uh, in reality. Mm-hmm. Whenever you look back at it, you still remember those things and are happy about it. So, in in reality, nothing's really trivial. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I like that about it. I know I had more things to say, and I was thinking about it while you guys were fucking rambling on about shit. <laughs> and I'll think about it later, I'm sure. But. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I really liked it, and yeah, so watch it. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> That's why I need like a notepad to just like write down my final review. While you guys are talking, so yeah, about you in fact can do that. You can yeah. do that. Nobody's stopping you. Yeah, I actually do enjoy this quite a lot. And after discussing it, my rating probably went up a few points, honestly. Um, and it was mentioned before that this is a very minim- minimalist sort of art style, and but it has very heavy topics, and I think sometimes that can really easily like venture into the pretentious areas and this did not do that so i think that's really really good and important that it didn't it feels more real something you can actually connect with even though some bits are actually sort of surreal yeah Um, there are bits with fish heads so 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there's I think everyone could probably get something from this in some way, even if they haven't dealt with these particular things or like the bigger things like dementia or mental illness or stuff like that. There's a lot of um mundane things that I think a lot of people connect can connect with. Um so yeah, I think I will actually um give this probably about eight. I think it's actually pretty cool, important. I think it deserves that. Cool. All right. Uh Jariah. Ooh, that's me. Again. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, I'm gonna parrot something Sam said. I do honestly think this is important. It feels like an important thing that even people who have especially people who have a difficult time grasping a lot of these subjects like loss and just the gradual movement of time honestly and just eventually what will happen to everybody everybody needs to come to grips with that at some point and whether it's when you're 10 15 20 25 30, 45 40 45 yeah, yeah, yeah. 50 yeah five, <laughs> only five uh, year increments though you don't do it when you're <laughs> you're gonna be you're gonna have to come to grips with it at some point anyway because it's just the inevitable right like i honestly think that this would be a really good way to like if some for somebody that's like not come to terms with it i think this would be a really great way to help them get there it's honestly it's really an incredible piece of art um i'm not going to call it uh media or a movie it feels like art in a way that very few things that you can really watch and be entertained by feel it's an incredible piece i really do love it uh it's a 10 for me it's a 10 out of 10 wow nice robbie so I did really like it, but I will stand by, like I said, for the things that you guys said, it is important to watch and it is important to see. I do know a lot of people who are probably not ready to see something like this. And that's why I still say I have a hard time recommending it because it would have to be a certain kind of person that I'd have to recommend it to. Because there are those people who are willing to see this kind of art and like kind of put themselves in a vulnerable place that this movie puts you in in order to see it. But not not everybody is, though, at the same time. Like, I know some people that, like, once again, they avoid talking about these subjects like the plague because they don't want to deal with the deeper end of it, whether they were traumatized by something while they were younger or they just don't want to think about about it, even though it's kind of an inevitability for a lot of people. But nevertheless, it is really good. But like I said, it makes it a rough subject. It's kind of the same reason why I couldn't show the Jerry cartoons to everybody or why I couldn't show Waking Life to everybody or why I couldn't show... um the end of all things to uh, to everybody, even though those are things that I personally really enjoy and I think are really important. Not everybody would be able to handle them the same way. Kind of thing. But nevertheless, it is an important piece of art. It is very surreal, but very down to earth at the same exact time. It is minimalistic and kind of and disturbing, but beautiful at the same time. And I did really enjoy it. And despite I, I feel like I'm going to give it a higher rating than E is expecting. I give it a nine out of ten. Like it is really good. But it is something that I feel like maybe not everybody would resonate with the same way too. I I also thought you were gonna have a lower rating. <laughs> no, I did enjoy it. Like, don't get me wrong about me now saying I, I couldn't sort recommend. Of bad. Yeah. I feel sort of bad for my eight because I thought eight was pretty high. <laughs> you can change it. That's a legal amount. That's a legal thing you can. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm gonna bump my rating up to an eight point five. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, it is a 9 out of 10. Like I said, it is important. I do agree that it is important. It is something that, like, because it's kind of dealing with the inevitable in a lot of ways, too. But it's a scary subject for a lot of people, which is why I said at the beginning, I don't know if I could recommend it to everybody, which 
I don't think of my, I try to think of more than just myself whenever I say like whether I'd recommend a stream or a buy or when, or whether I would, or who I would show this to or whether I would show it to them kind of thing from, yeah. But honestly, like I said, for how down to earth it was and how, and even though it was surreal, how also realistic it was, like it was very good. It, like Dry said, it is very much a piece of art. So yeah, it is a nine out of 10 for me. And I will finish this off. It's such a beautiful day is honestly one of the perfect movies to encapsulate what life is in a way. I don't think a lot of movies do or understand. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that it is an indie movie that doesn't have to be boggled down by the ideas of what sells. And mm-hmm. I think it's really impressive how many, how much people love this movie, even despite it being a clearly artsy movie. As I say, there's so much, like, from an artistic standpoint, there's no movie like this. Like, my, the fact that the closest comparison is Who Framed Roger Rabbit really shows just how different of a movie this is. And just tonally, it's and so impressive how he can go from making a joke about testicles touching oranges to the fact <laughs> that you have to deal with the deaths of your family almost in an instant without it feeling jarring is impressive and there this is a movie i wasn't expecting anything going in as i guess you guys were as well <laughs> and it just really brought something i was not ready for but was really glad it did Ultimately, I think I I think I'll also give it a ten. Honestly, I was deciding where I was going with that eight, nine, or ten. But honestly, this discussion was something that brought it up. It's just like there's not a movie that does this as well as it does, and in the way that it does. And I think that makes it such an important art piece, a piece of media, and it probably is something that almost anyone should see at some point in their life yeah i agree and that will bring this episode to a close basically um very all over the place for a bit there but honestly that's this movie (laughs) yeah i mean that's i think that's one of the beauties about the movie too is it can spark those conversations amongst friends or even amongst just someone you watch the movie with that maybe it, it might be the first conversation you have with them but it might be one of the deeper conversations you have that day or even that month but uh, yeah. Uh, thank you for having me bring this movie. I guess. <laughs> thank you, Dry. You're welcome for yeah. having me bring this movie. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for watching it, Robbie. Thank you for inviting me in this very hot room so we can have talks about death and life. Yeah. I'm so dehydrated from sweat. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for watching this with me, Sam. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out. Because, uh, if you would like to follow us on our social media. Jariah, where can they do that? I gotta do it this time. You can follow us on our Facebook and Twitter, uh, Last Ones In and Last Ones In Podcast, respectively. Or if you want, you can shoot us an email at the Last Ones In Podcast at gmail.com. Again, that is the Last Ones In Podcast at gmail.com. Tell us about the dull thing that you appreciate in life, just the little thing that no <laughs> one thinks about that you just love. I would love to hear that. 
But with that, thank you all for listening. I really hope that I inspired someone out there to check out this movie that you probably that many people didn't know existed. Honestly, I didn't yeah. know it existed. I'm yeah. I heard of it, but Me it's either. just one of those it never hit my radar kind of things. But I guess if there's anything else I could say about that too, like yeah, take a moment to appreciate the mundane. Yeah. But uh, let's bring <laughs> us bring us home, Ravi. All right. So if you're out there protesting. Please stay safe about this or about it. Wear masks, wear gloves, bring hand sanitizer. Make sure you shower. Make sure you wash your hands for at least 20 seconds. <laughs> don't let your balls but, touch the oranges. Yeah, don't let your yeah. balls. Yeah, watch, watch the oranges <laughs> in your balls, people. Come on. Do not touch your testicles to oranges. And if you do, wipe off with a sanitary wipe afterwards. <laughs> Despite those things, if you're not out there protesting, still wash your hands for 20 seconds. <laughs> still shower. But stay home. Stay alone. Stay alive. You might also help someone else out in the process of that. Awesome. See you next week. Goodbye. Bye, bitches. Later. Goodbye. So one thing I will say is we are recording this again the day after the last episode of A Whisker Away. So we don't have much to talk about, but I will ask Sam. That was not what we watched yesterday. No, it's not. Shit. We watched um, Dunkirk. Yeah. <laughs> Let me try that again. We are stuck in a time loop. Please send help. Um, Cut this part out. <laughs> the parts where, where I, I'm trying to fucking think about what I'm trying to say. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I think something like wrist, color, wrist cutters would be um, appreciated more by like our generation. Well, the thing and is, is because I described that movie, or that uh, I described that movie to my mom and my sister, and both of them were like, "Wow, I really want to see this movie." And so I showed it to my mm-hmm. mom, and like she seemed like she liked it, but she didn't have like opinions afterwards about it. It's definitely a movie mm-hmm. that, like Sam said, it's easier for people in our generation to really get it and understand yeah. it because melancholy yeah. is just much more natural. Yeah, that's fair. But like I said, it's for <laughs> it's reasons like that. Or like sad statement. It's it is a sad <laughs> statement, but it's true. Or like, <laughs> <laughs> Why did you drink immediately? Yeah, after? like right when we said we're ready. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Really thirsty.